Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Nine o'clock hour in Indianapolis. Technically, it's the nine o'clock hour everywhere in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, my name is Jake Query. Mark Dykton here as well. Kevin Bowen on vacation. Sam Fritz capably flying the ship for us. And joining us now on the Payless Liquors Hotline and probably the best story in sports here so far in this basketball season locally, and that is the fever that uh, – not the fever of the WNBA team, but the fever that is rising about Indiana women's basketball. Ranked number two in the country now and coming off of a sellout game at Assembly Hall – the Big Ten champions all alone, as a matter of fact, and their head coach, Terry Morin, joins us on the program. Coach, first off, congratulations on what is a dream season so far and still work left to do, I realize. Well, good morning. Um, yes, a lot of work to be done uh, still, but, um, you know, it's been an incredible run with um, incredible people. So I'm um, really proud of what we've been able to accomplish. But, um, you know, we still have our sights set on other things. Well, I want to begin with this, and I, I certainly realize that, right? I mean, you're 26-1. and one. Everything has, has has gone well, clearly. But I want you to put into, for our listeners, Coach, kind of your mindset of, you know, you've coached your Indiana through and through. I mean, you're from Seymour. You coached at UIndy. You've coached at Indiana State. You, 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 you know, you Purdue. I mean, every school, literally, you've touched. But – to stand there on the sidelines, and at some point, did you have the moment of epiphany of looking up into the balconies of Assembly Hall and seeing them filled and think to yourself, we have done it? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate, you know, more of those moments. Uh, you know, I think when you're young and you're always chasing the next win, you forget, you know, to really pause for for a couple seconds and just sort of look around because you're always thinking about what's next. But, um, you know, as I mentioned, as I've gotten older, I've, I've tried to be more mindful of those moments where I can look around and see what we've created here and see the buzz about Indiana women's basketball, but more importantly, just see the, the joy on the players, you know, their, the faces of our players and our staff, uh, and our support staff, you know, because again, winning is hard and, um, you know, it takes a, it takes a lot, and um, the work absolutely, but the chemistry, all of it, has to, you know, work together. And um, and so absolutely, I did uh, pause for a for a quick second and just, um, you know, sort of um, bask in the, you know, the the glow of of what was was happening around me. Terry Warren, head coach of IU women's basketball on Payless Liquors Hotline. I'm Kevin and Query this morning. Coach, as a Greyhound alum, I was there when you were coaching you, Indy. It was great to call a couple of your games and interview you a couple times and then see the success you've had throughout your career. What was your initial reaction last night when you found out your team was named outright Big Ten champs? Well, I watched it. Uh, you know, I think we all did. Um, wasn't quite sure that that would be the out. Uh, I thought it would be way, a little bit closer of a game. Um, but, um, you know, the one thing about Iowa is even – 
you know, at halftime, uh, when Maryland had built such a, a big lead, it was like, you know, when you have players like Caitlin Clark and Monica Susano and they have pieces that can, can fill it up from the outside, uh, there's no safe uh, lead. And uh, it probably wasn't until probably the four-minute media mark, you know, in the fourth that, um, you know, it, it uh, I realized that uh, we were going to win this thing outright. Uh, and, you know, I'm biased, but uh, that's how it should be. You know, you have – women on your roster that have had phenomenal seasons, a phenomenal season, I should say. You know, Mackenzie Holmes is having a great year, obviously, right? You, you've had multiple players in different games, Grace Berger, that step up and have great performances. But I, I wanted to ask you about this. Sydney Parrish was, you know, a number one recruit, goes out to Oregon, comes back and transfers to Indiana, and – one might think statistically isn't necessarily a focal point, but has been an integral part and has bought into what it is that you're doing. Does that say more about her in terms of her adapting to the role that you have for her or her teammates for being able to allow her to adapt to that and mix in so well with this group? That's a great question. Um, I I think both. I also think that, um, you know, you always have to pay tribute to the parents, you know, of, Sydney Parrish, you know, she has to have the right people around her in her circle that are always, you know, I think giving her, um, you know, uh, wise advice, you know, on what it's like to come into an already established program the way she did. You know, our culture has been what it's been, you know, since we've built this thing. And um, you're you're right. You know, she's walking into a, uh, a team that already has All-American caliber players and Grace Berger and Mackenzie Holmes. Um, but I, I'll say this, the thing that Sid was terrific at was really just kind of finding her way. You know, she didn't try to step on toes. She didn't try to push her voice. And that's the thing about Sid. Sid has a big personality. Sid is has a very high IQ. Um, but she did pick and choose, right, when she was, uh, you know, uh, she in terms of using her voice at the right moments. Um, and I think our, our players, uh, you know, were, I wouldn't say surprised, but, um, you know, they've been um, – you know, very grateful the way she has approached, uh, you know, this team and being a part of it. Um, you know, and she has been a terrific teammate, um, you know, to, to all of them. And she has no doubt uh, uh, been a big part of, uh, you know, why we've been able to have our success because, you know, it, it takes everybody. It takes you know, people uh, just not accepting their role but starring in their role. And, um, you know, Sid has been one of those kids for us for sure. You know, this is the anniversary today, 43 years ago, of the Miracle on Ice. I'm assuming, Coach, that you've seen the movie Miracle. Maybe that's a, an unfair yeah. assumption. but No, no, I have Okay, yeah. so, so in that movie, there's the famous scene where Herb Brooks is making them skate <laughs> after practice, and finally Michael Ruzioni just steps up and says, you know, I play for the United States of America. And Herb Brooks is like, okay, like my job is done here, right? I've gotten through right. to them. Was there a moment with this group that that happened? Was there an epiphanal moment where you said to yourself, we're going to be pretty good? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, I just – I will say this. Uh, this has been a mature – a very mature group. Uh, and, um, you know, I think they've given us all uh, a lot of confidence. When I say all, uh, the staff, you know, going into each game – uh, because of the maturity level. I don't know that there's been the one game. You know, what I will say uh, is that we lost our leader, Grace Berger, you know, for a, for a period of time, uh, you know, uh, when she went down with a knee injury. And, 
you know, we lost one game while Grace was not with us. And then once we got Grace back, I think we felt like, you know, we started, you know, we were winning games, but the margin that we were winning them by was, you know, substantially more. Um, and and so, you know, I, I think we, we, we feel that this is a group, uh, the sky's the limit, you know, for this for these guys. Uh, I think they feel it. I think we all feel it uh, when we step on the floor. Um, but um, you know, they have uh, they've been committed to one another, and they have this 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 belief um, that I and I because I, when I listen to them talk about one another, especially in media, uh, there's no question they have the chemistry and they have the belief in one another. Um, you know, to um, you know to take this thing deep into March. Coach, going off of that, who's a player on your team that doesn't get the, the recognition nationally that is a key piece to your team? That's easy for me, guys. Uh, Chloe Moore McNeil, you know, she is an elite defender for us. She always has to, uh, you know, she takes on the the, uh, the 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 job of guarding the opposing team's best perimeter player, um, and she's she's been phenomenal. When Grace Berger went out, we had to slide her over to the uh, point guard position for us, so she had to run our team. And it's not easy to be the point guard on the Indiana women's basketball because we do run a lot of stuff. Um, and um, she was she just you know, without blinking, uh, just moved right over and took over, uh, you know, our, our basketball team for the period that Grace was out. And, um, you know, she's just been, you know, somebody that, um, you know, I think our local media and especially our fans, I think they recognize as being such an integral part of our success. But, um, you know, she certainly goes under the radar. She's a, she's a great story. She's the kid that um, didn't play as a freshman very much, got a, got spot minutes as a sophomore, but, sat over there on the sideline and was patient and kept coming in and doing the work, just kept getting a little bit better, a little bit better to her junior year where she, you know, she's a starter for us now. Um, you know, day and age where kids don't get their way, they leave. Uh, Chloe wasn't that kid. She understood the process. She understood the, the commitment that it was going to take. She has a great uh, father uh, that wasn't going to allow her to give in and um, just kept kept pushing her. Um, knowing that, um, you know, the big picture was that she was sooner or later going to be a big part of what we're doing. And, uh, you know, sure sure enough, uh, we're not where we're at without Chloe. Okay, I, I'm going to ask a question to you, Coach, that I'm hoping you'll answer, and I totally understand from a coaching standpoint you're going to hate me for asking, but I'm going to ask it, okay? Somebody asked me this the other day, and I thought that is a fabulous question. If you were to win the national title, does the banner go with the famous five banners in Assembly Hall, or does it go independently because it's the women's team and it's separate from the men's team? Well, that's a great question, but that's that's completely above my pay grade. I would have no idea. <laughs> it, answer the answer that. is wherever they want to put it, right? I mean, like, <laughs> like if you want to hang, I'd hang it from the scoreboard right in the middle of the floor, <laughs> right? They can hang it wherever they would like, but I know this. Uh, you know, Scott uh, Dolson has been terrific uh, to me and our program and our staff, and huge supporter of us. And so I would, I, I know this. It will will be appropriate uh, wherever they decide to hang it. So, um, but uh, you know, we would, we would, we would love nothing more than uh, for that to be a, a topic uh, in their in their meetings. Good problem to have. That's right. It is a good problem That's to have. Are there bad matchups for you guys? I mean, is there a team that you look at and you think to yourself when you're looking over things and you say, boy, somebody that can do X can give me fits? Or are you pretty comfortable that you guys can cover any base? Well, 
you know, I think you're always, I mean, you look at what happened last night. You know, Maryland is uh, in, in, in Iowa. I mean, you know, Iowa scores so easily. And uh, last night, you know, they had a really difficult time scoring the ball. Um, and so I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm sure they're, you know, on nights where, and we all have them. It's, it's not a, it's an imperfect game. So, um, you know, you just hope that, um, you know, you, you, um, you, your, your defense can sustain you. And even if it's going to be a low scoring game, you can score enough points to get to the finish line. But, um, you know, that's the only concern that you have. I think we're pretty sound defensively. Uh, I have a great staff and we prepare well and our kids, um, are very, very serious when it comes to game planning and, and how we're going to beat teams. Um, and so they, they, they typically can execute on that side of the ball pretty well. Uh, but, um, you know, we need the ball to, to go in the hoop also to put points on the board. So, you know, those are two things that have to happen. But, uh, you know, we've been able to do that. Uh, we've, we've had to win ugly at times, and um, we've also won, you know, pretty. But, um, you know, it's, it's just all part of the game, and you just, you just hope that um, – like I said, you can score enough points. Uh, but I will say this, you know, we are we are very strong when it comes defensively. Um, and I'm not saying superior. I just think that we um, we make people work. And um, and if we can continue to do that, then uh, we're, we'll position ourselves, um, you know, in a, in a really good way, I think. As the brand of Indiana women's basketball has grown here, um, which is a huge kudos. I mean, it's, like I said, number two in the country, obviously. Um, you're selling out Assembly Hall. As the profile ha- has risen, from a recruiting standpoint, Coach, is there is it a challenge to make sure that you are staying true to the formula and the player that has worked for you? And not, in other words, to recruit to what it is that you need as opposed to, hey, now all of a sudden we're just going to take the five best players that want to come to Indiana and being true to the kind of roster that you have. Does that make sense what I'm asking? Absolutely, and it's a great question. And the answer to that is without without hesitation. Uh, you know, we will never sacrifice what what we're about. Um, you know, we're to the point now where we feel like we can we can recruit players that fit us. We don't have to fit them. And um, you know, we we have built this thing on um, our hard work, our our sort of blue collar mentality, uh, character always above talent. Um, and um, we want to coach good kids. We, you know, we don't have, um, uh, you know, the drama. We don't have our kids on social trying to get, uh, you know, likes and platforms and all that stuff. I mean, we, we uh, do the same thing every day. We're pretty vanilla. You know, we come in and, and uh, we're going to have every one of those guys are going to be in before practice or stay after practice and get extra reps in. Um, we built great habits in terms of work habits. Um, we found the unselfish kid. If, if you're going to come to Indiana, you're going to have to be about we and not me. Um, and you can quickly figure that out by the questions they ask in the recruiting process when they're sitting in your office uh, and the parents and their questions. Um, and trust me, guys, when I tell you, we have, we have, even though this is, you know, the year we're having, you know, we've had success in the past, Um but, uh, you know, um, we, and we've also done this. We've had to tell kids no uh, because they just don't fit uh, Indiana and they don't fit our staff. Um, and that's the most important thing to me. I want to coach players that I can walk in every day and know that um, they're going to give me their best, but they're also going to be good kids, high character. They're going to do the right things on and off the floor. They're going to be serious about their academics. 
um, as long as they have that work ethic, there's no doubt that, um, you know, our group can, the player development piece is something that we're very passionate about. Our kids, you just got to look at the statistics. Our kids get better year in and year out. Now, if you grow up in Seymour, does that mean that by the time you're like 16, you've, you've heard Mellencamp enough for a lifetime? I mean, that would be the case, right? No, I mean, no, not at all. You know, he came <laughs> to Bloomington. Well, I'll say this. He came to Bloomington, what, two weeks ago? Uh, he's there a lot, right? Uh, well, he is, but he actually played, you know, over at the um, auditorium. Right. He, had, he played on a Sunday night. We were at Purdue, so I would say I was able to go to the show on Monday night, and it was unbelievable. Yeah. Can you believe this? I was, I've I never was seen him. Well, I, I've well, never I, seen him I in concert. Can you believe that? I know. And I'm born and raised here. That's like, I literally, I should have my Hoosier card revoked. Wow. You should um I will say this. I was uh curious to uh what he would play. I was worried that he was gonna play a lot of his new stuff. Not that his new stuff's not unbelievable. I, I, I know. But, um, he surprised me and played a lot of almost I don't know if it just uh happened or um it he ha he played every one of my favorites. Okay, what's your favorite Mellencamp song? Well, I have a lot of them. So small towns, you know, certainly Jack and Diane, Paper and Fire, Cherry Bomb. Um, okay. Uh, underrated? Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Check it out is underrated. Yes. Paper and Fire is also. So um, when we do Hoosier Hysteria here at the beginning of the school, you know, the beginning of the year to, to uh, kick off basketball season, I always come out, you know, all of our kids get to come out to their own song. Uh, and so uh, – for, for nine years, I've come out to a Mellencamp song, and um, I've come out to check it out at least two or three times because it's my probably ranks up there as my favorite. Uh, but last year, I came out to Rumble Seat or no uh, Paper and Fire, which I love as well. How about Authority Song? I, Authority Song's another good one. They're all good, but if you listen to him, he will tell you. Well, he won't say this, but he'll you know because I've, I, I've watched his interviews before, and he's like. You know, that new stuff that, you know, would, that he wrote, he just is like shakes his head like it was trashy. And I'm like, oh, my God, like there's nothing trashy about, you know, any of those those earlier songs that he's, he'd ever, you know, written. So, uh, but, yeah, no, I love him. I got to meet him uh, afterwards. So it was a big treat for me uh, to see him. And uh, he was he was phenomenal. I mean, at 70, what, years old plus maybe a couple um, he he was unbelievable. So you have to. He's right now. He's on tour. So if you can find a a place where you can go see him, I'm telling you, you I will see, not be disappointed. I'm kind of a Guns and Roses groupie too. I've seen them like 12 times, and, and they just announced a new tour. And I'm trying to figure that out. So I got to mix Mellencamp into the. I, it's embarrassing that I've never seen him. It's embarrassing. It is. But. And this would be a great, great, great opportunity for you to go see him because it's one of those concerts where you stand up with the oldies, but then you sit down with the new ones because you know it's kind of it's like it's a mixture of the two. It's not like I don't know. It's like going to be like a Guns N' Roses concert where you're standing on your feet for two and a half hours. Well, but, um, people stand up next to me and they claim that they're standing with the oldies. That's the problem now, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah, I mean, trust me, you know that's how it goes. Coach, last yeah. one. Last one for me. Uh, the last game of the season uh, is until Sunday when you take on Iowa. You beat them earlier this month. How do you keep the team focused after a week between games and not looking ahead to the Big Ten tournament? Oh, I'm, again, I have to go back to the leadership that we have. Um, you know, Grace Berger is 
one of the all-time most competitive players uh, that I will ever have the opportunity to coach. And um, and so this group is is uh, you know I we we took Monday off yesterday. We we practice and um, you know this is a great week for us to sort of catch our breath because we played three games in seven days. And um, but um, you know they want to finish the job and finishing the job means all the way to the end. Um, and um, and Sunday will be the end of the big, you know, our, our conference season. And then a new season starts for us. And so we break up, at, you know, in, in seasons, preseason, in-season, uh, postseason, the Big Ten tournament, and then it'll be NCAA season. So, um, you know, they this is a, a team that, um, you know, tries to check off all the boxes. And they got one more box to check, and that's beating, beating Iowa on Sunday. Well, Coach, I've got friends, you know, I went to IU. I've got friends who are whose kids now are at IU and their kids have loved going to the women's basketball games. They've they've taken to it. They love it. They're excited by it. And I think there are a lot of people pulling for you guys. So we certainly appreciate the time this morning. I know it's busy. And um, enjoy going and listening to Bellingcamp, too, when you can. <laughs> Thanks. You need to get to a concert. All okay. right. I'll do it. We'll get there. I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thanks, for guys. Thank you. Again, Terry Moore and the women's basketball coach at Indiana University.